Be water, be water, be water. You want to take a shot? Take your shot. Be water. But make it your fucking best, because I get up, I eat you. I eat you. I eat you. Damn, there's a lot of water! Water is slimming. It's like wearing black. It makes you look slimmer. You know, actually, it's not. is going on everybody welcome again to the fabulous the wonderful free water aka briefcase aka nine minute podcast aka great job awesome and once again thank you guys so much for being here what a fun experience it's going to be for you don't know very much uh about what it's going to be for me that doesn't make any sense who cares it's a podcast stop taking yourself so seriously and maybe you might just become something Maybe you'll get something out of it. Most likely not, though, because, you know, you're by yourself. Who's out there to chat with? Is there anybody listening to what's happening right now besides myself in real time? No. And that's where it becomes funny. This guy's all by himself yelling into a microphone. What is he, Eminem? You get it. You get it. But guys, today we have some fun, fun things to talk about. And by fun, I mean there's Roy stuff, okay? That's exciting. You guys always like that. That's clickable content, huh? And then we're also going to talk about the Discord, my Discord channel that I opened up and allow people to come in there and chat with me from time to time, and uh, maybe you'd like to be a part of it. Of course, I'm joking. I don't have, I don't do that stupid shit. Who's got the kind of time, man? But yeah, I'm sort of uh, doing a lot of content, guys. I feel like I'm overloading myself here lately. Maybe it's just because I found all the logins to my uh, original 27 podcast. And boy, oh boy. It just makes you want to drop some content for that shit. I'll be honest, I want to do some Valium's reactions, man. I want to review some music. When I get back to doing that shit. But guys, you don't know what it takes to edit video, to record audio, to have a green screen. All these things, it's just... For one person, I'm, I'm running a fucking just large operation here. And I'm just one guy. And it just doesn't get any easier. Because I just want to do so many things. But either way, let's get started on a serious note. It is free water. I am Patty Broken Skull. It wouldn't matter to me if you did do violence on somebody. I ain't scared of shit. Bring the fucking!
Okay, guys, let's get into this. And if you know me well, if you checked out the last couple episodes, I talked about these random channels that I find myself watching for hours upon hours. And they talk about a bunch of people I've never heard of, and I still find it interesting. In fact, I was listening to a Dad Meat podcast recently, and Tim Butterly had brought up this channel called Fascinating Horror. Now, I don't know if he was talking about the general like genre that is Fascinating Horror, or specifically this channel. But I have been subscribed to that channel for a while because, hell yeah, dude, it is fascinating. I mean, there's the stories of uh, roller coaster incidents or the swings, merry-go-round type of thing, you know, amusement park. All these things are within these channels. They're very interesting. In fact, one of the stories that Daniel Tosh uses as a bit in one of his specials where he talks about the lady who punched that guy's head off because he was trying to go get his hat that's based on a real story. It actually happened, and the guy's head was punted off, and her leg did get shattered. How insane. But there's an even crazier one where an ex-military veteran who lost both of his legs in war flew out of a roller coaster as well. And, I mean, you can't really make a joke there, but you kind of wonder, how'd you strap him in? How'd you strap him in? How'd you get him in there? How'd you put him in the seat and then think this should be fine? You might as well put a toddler in there. It's the same size. It's a torso. You strap the torso in and expected him not to fly out to his death. Insane. But imagine being on the ride. Right? Imagine being on the ride where you could be sitting next to or near a guy with no legs and you're going fucking 75 miles per hour up and down these hills flipping upside down and all this shit and we're going to be like yeah he'll be fine it's just insane dude there's nothing else to it it's crazy it is fascinating horror the guy died for sure and I bet most people that saw him flying through the air weren't even aware that it was a person until he hit the ground because he doesn't have any fucking legs man R.I.P. of course, terrible shit, but my point is, is I, I find these random channels. I'll just be looking at my homepage on YouTube, and due to the, all, the th all the things that I've already watched, the recommended stuff is fascinating. And some channel, I couldn't even tell you what the channel is right now. Let me see if I can look this up. But there's a channel that just recently put out a video, and I didn't watch the video, but I thought, how funny how just relevant okay i don't know what this show is but they're on youtube this has 5000 views and it's been it was released 2 days ago uh the show's called drew and mike show it's just drew and mike show that's it and what really intrigued me was the fact that it's labeled Roy versus Shuli. Okay? That intrigues me. That makes me curious. It's seven minutes long. And it says, Drew is in the middle of a WATP Roy and Shuli beef. Which is really strange, because when you look at these guys, it's like, you're the same person. Shuli and Roy are the same guy. You, How are you not brothers that were lost at birth? Right? I mean, probably down to the personality. Same guy. 
The only difference is, is Shuley actually got what, you know, Roy always wanted, and that's a job with Howard Stern. Or, you know, uh, Opie and Anthony's phone number. <laughs> he probably has that. And that does upset you, for sure. But boy, I've never really looked at these faces on these guys. Like I said, I've seen, I've seen Roy a little bit uh, from his appearances on different things. Don't know his voice, really. I know a lot of people talk about his crazy laugh. I can't imagine what that's like. But it, I don't know. I guess what it boils down to for me is it's like it's non-threatening. A person like this that would make fun of me is just, yeah, okay. It's hard to respond to in the end. You know, you're like, okay, yeah, no, for sure. I'm so much worse than you. <laughs> you you nailed it. Like, bro, I'm I'm a blue-eyed ginger. That's less than 1% of the population, all right? That in itself makes me fantastic. All right? And then these guys versing each other. You know that's all they wanted. That's all Roy wanted. He just wanted to be noticed by this little team. You know, the Chrissy Mayers, the Chad Zumox. It's a circle. It's a giant circle that they all play in together, but they don't realize they're playing together. You know? They're all sharing the same sandbox. But, but we just separated sides. You know, these, these guys are on that side and those guys are over there. But in the end, Daddy Kumia is who you all really bend the knee to. Right? Because Opie and Anthony and what it did for so many comedians. And I forget. I just forget what it did. I just don't see anything. I, I see a lot of comedians that came from that show pretending to be... You know, weird characters like Chip Chipperson are doing a podcast out of a shed like Bobby Kelly. Where's everybody else? All right. Sure, you guys had great comedians on there that would have been good without ONA. But ONA was getting a favor from those guys. Like, they had Borat on an episode. They had Louis C.K. on episodes. Bobby, Bobby Lee, right? They've had big names. They've had interesting characters for sure. But it wasn't because of the show, the radio show. That these guys have any success. Not one of them has gotten any success. I think the most successful person from Opie and Anthony is Anthony. I mean, he's the face of the shit. People know him more for his controversy on Twitter than his actual content that he created with fucking Patrice O'Neill. What are we talking about? But yeah, I saw this on uh, YouTube and I'm like, wow, how fun. How fun to see some Photoshop work of Roy every once in a while, you know? Pleasing to the eyes, as unfortunate as it was. He did look like he was about to have mom spaghetti on his sweater. You know what I mean? That hoodie up and shit. I'm sure he doesn't dress like that. I'm, I'm almost positive he tucks his shirt in. But nonetheless, him versus Shuli. F fuck Shuli. Who cares? Who is that anyways? The, the only thing that I know about Shuli is he was a guy who was so desperate to be a part of the Howard Stern show that he called in every day. Who has that kind of time to dedicate themselves to calling into a radio show? I bet he's the same type of guy that sat there and called into a radio show to have them play a special song. You know what I mean? I call those followers. Those are people that don't have thoughts of their own. They fucking just, they hear what somebody else says and they regurgitate it themselves and pretend it was an original thought. Ta-da! We figured it out. You're welcome. Uh, but this is Free Water and we'll be right back.
I don't know. I guess my biggest thing here with that situation is it's like this is a guy who sh surely should know who Roy is, right? Like you guys should run in the same circles. Being such similar fellas who want the same thing, it would make sense that they know each other. That's not the type of beefs that I'd want to be in. I'd gladly have a Joe Rogan beef, right? Brendan Shaw beef. Like somebody who could benefit me, you know? Fucking Shuli and Roy are the same guy. They do the same thing. It's not special. It's not interesting. I mean, they all leaned on the idea of fucking Red Bar and what he does. But they don't even have any originality in that take. It's like, oh, well, Red Bar makes fun of fucking famous people that are clearly more known than he is. How about we make fun of a bunch of nobodies? Wouldn't that be hilarious? Let's punch down. Hilarious. But the next thing I do want to bring up, and I have to because I'm just a little disappointed and maybe it's the fact that it's lacking the publicity that it deserves right now, or people just really don't give a fuck about this guy. And I'm talking about my recent video that I put out on Great Job Awesome. It was a simple, quick video. Honestly, it wasn't a quick video or simple. It took me a fucking while. Because like I said, guys, these things pop in my head. These subjects pop in my head. I posted on my Twitter recently where I said, the people that end up being a subject within my videos only happen because of something they did this one time that I can't remember. And then when it pops in my head, well, I remembered, and now I got to write about it. Now I got to uh, basically put together an entire diss track. And Tim Dillon was one of my favorites. That was a fun one to write and rewrite. So when I did Andrew Schultz, I had the same vibe. But then again, there's some of these guys where it's like, to be critical of them means you have to know quite a bit. Or at least research. And the best thing that I could find is this guy is so grandiose about the fact that he's an, in New York, or a New York comedian, but yet he was born, he, he did most of his comedy in California. He began in California as a comic. It's a Tupac Biggie thing. An east and a west. The guy who's from New York fucking ends up in the west coast and now all of a sudden you're west coast. But putting together that video in comparison to somebody like Joe Rogan, Brendan Schaub, Tim Dillon. You know, there's so much out there already on these guys that it becomes kind of simple. Whereas Andrew Schultz, yeah, he's done content, he's made stuff, but... It, there's not enough where it's like, I've paid attention to it all to have an angle. So when it came to writing the script for his video, and it ended up being a longer video, I tried to take some advice from people that have watched this shit already. You know, people that have said, oh, you should give them some redeeming qualities so that way people people are more aware that, it, that it's satire. 
And, you know, I made the joke, what the fuck is satire? But truly, I had to look it up and be like, what? I don't even know what this is. People kept calling it that. Who knows? So when I found out, I was like, well, I guess I will start to put redeeming qualities. That's what made Andrew's video so much longer. And I bring it up here on the podcast because it's like, dude, one of the best videos, I put it out twice. The first time I put it out, I get nothing but positive comments right out of the gate. I have to delete it because I didn't like the way the audio sounded. I re-release it, and it's almost like people forgot that I released it at all. The original commenters didn't come back and, you know, say what they said previously. And it feels like it's just kind of went underground. Not a lot of traction on that. And it, and it's making me confused because it's like, is it because too many people like Andrew to say anything positive or negative? Or... Is he not as well known as I thought? Because the same thing happened with Mark Norman and Sam Morrell. Sure, they got a couple hundred views, but at the same time, in my head, I'm like, oh, these are top-notch guys, right? As far as the comments were concerned, they have a, a, a YouTube channel 300,000 deep, and nobody is going to try to defend them. Or the, there's going to be three of you that try to defend them. Or people that are like, I don't even know who this is. Same thing with Shane Gillis and Matt McCusker. It's like, apparently I'm deeper in this shit than most of y'all. But, I don't know. I thought Andrew was more relevant. Turns out I was wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Or maybe it's just early, dude, and people haven't found it yet. But either way, it was one of my... One of my finer works. And I do truly believe I'm getting better at this. And I'm doing it in a different way. It's not... It's not one of your stereotypical YouTube channels that have commentary on comedians. They play a clip. They make fun of the clip. They play another clip. And so on and so forth. This is like a, an essay. A book report. You know... A monologue about just one person. There's almost never clips now. I don't play anything that they've done or said. Because what's that for? If you need reference, just go look, dude. Go look. Or are you not a big enough fan? You're just defending them for the sake of being the devil's advocate in the comments, right? Hey, look at me. I'm going to talk about... I'm going to go the other direction that everybody else is. Isn't that unique? But in the end, it's like... I'm going to keep uh, keep doing it this way. Avoid doing more of the clips. Unless there's something that really bug... It really bugs me, but in the end, I think it... I will, I will avoid that completely due to the fact... That I don't really watch any of this. I mean, since... I would say since the very last Crystalia video where I talked about him painting his nails I haven't watched anything golden hour anything fucking super good studios I, I just can't because I know that if I do I'm going to just be writing down things that I need to clip things that I have something else like a retort to especially when it's a podcast by himself but then when you think about the golden hour and you got Eric Griffin, Crystalia, and Brendan Schaub, dude, it becomes a painful watch. 
you might as well have a pad of paper and a pen in front of you because you're going to be taking notes and wondering why they said this or that. It's almost impossible to watch an episode and not comment 40 times. Big J Oak Orkison. Like, how do you mess up oak? Of all words, you know, of all trees that exist, you can't say Oakerson? Fall down, dude. Just fall down and then stay there. But we'll be back with some more stuff. Very interesting stuff. I'm excited about this. It's free water. Okay, so this last thing is <clears throat> sort of mind-boggling because I was talking about this in the last episode, maybe on Patreon, maybe, I don't know, I've mentioned it, that I don't have sponsors. I've rarely even got, like, opportunities to have sponsors outside of, like, Sp- uh, you know, Spotify for podcasters and whatever. Um. You know, Dollar Shave Club, Blaze Club, Dollar Smoke Store, whatever. Point is, I haven't had that opportunity, and the opportunities opportunities that have came have been sort of suspect, right? At least for me. Because I always think about it like this. I'm like, well, this person is asking for my address pretty early. Uh, number one. And number two, why are you interested in, in sponsoring what I'm doing when I don't have that many fans? I don't have that large of an audience, right? So I get an email, <clears throat> and this is straight to No Country for Funny, which is the email attached to Great Job Awesome. And I post it in every video. It's put on every one of my videos since I've been doing it for the last six months. And somebody finally decided to contact me. (sighs) And I'm not sure how to take this because I've never heard of this before. And it's not very well written. I could look into it a little deeply and find out. I have no idea. But I'll just read you the email. Good afternoon. I'm an PR manager at Everstone Games. And I'm here to offer you a great opportunity. Our company develops computer games, and we recently released our new PC game. Where Winds Meet is an open-world action role-playing game that takes gamers to China during the Ten Kingdoms period. The debut trailer shed light on the gameplay and locations. 
We are keen in working together with your YouTube channel. If interested, please contact us by replying to our mail. We will rep and, <laughs> and we will reply. Thank you for considering our proposal. It's just worded like somebody who's never typed to anyone before. Like this is the your PR, but you're an PR manager. I'm an I'm an PR manager. <laughs> it just sounds bad. And then what are you interested in? You're keen on working together with the YouTube channel, my YouTube channel that has less than a thousand subscribers. Have it has less than six hundred subscribers, and you want to work with me to do what? Because that wasn't specified. You just said you want to work with the YouTube channel, but what do you want to do? You want me to promote this game for computers? Right? Do you know what my YouTube channel does? Doesn't have anything to do with gaming other than the background sometimes. Everstone Games, right? Contacting to sponsor the YouTube channel. I could believe any podcast I do getting a sponsor like this. But the YouTube channel? That's barely, I mean, sure, I've gotten quite a few views. Some of the videos are quite big. But that's in my head. 7,000 views on a video isn't shit for most people. Okay? A lot of the, the content that I watch puts it out within 20 minutes has 10,000 views. Okay? I haven't broke 10,000 on a single video. And this person's like, we're keen to work with your YouTube channel. But to what degree? What do you want me to do? Are you offering me money? Am I promoting the game for cash? Or do I get this stupid game for free? Yippee. You know, is that the is that the stupid offer? Because that's the thing I hate. If you want me to promote anything that you uh, would like to have promoted or sponsor the podcast in any way, understand that it's for cash. It's not for your supplements. It's not for your fucking cool-ass mugs. Okay? It's not for a t-shirt. It's for money. So if you're coming to me asking to sponsor a YouTube channel, you'd like to sponsor the podcast, understand that I don't want product. I don't want items. I would like money. That's it. And that's an easier exchange than me giving you my fucking address so you could send me your nootropics. All good. Okay? Try somebody in L.A. You have a better chance with that. Good afternoon. Now, I did get this uh, on April 30th, so it was a little bit ago. You know, it is May 8th as of now, and yeah, all I responded was, yeah, I'm interested. Yes, I am interested. Still nothing. It's been hours. So I'm sitting here sharing this on the podcast with you guys, and there's a good chance that it is just some bullshit. If interested, please contact us by replying to our mail, and we will reply. <laughs> as if I, as if they don't know how it works, neither do I. Right? That's what it sounds like. Hey, if you want to work with us, you have to respond to this email. As if I was going to just type in some random fucking 
address at the top and be like, hopefully this gets to those guys. It'd be fun to work with y'all. And then what do you think? When I respond to you that I don't assume you're going to respond? It's just, how are you making games and this is your vocabulary? It's weird, dude. It's suspect. I'm actually surprised that they didn't call me bro at some point or another. Our debut trailer shed light on the gameplay and locations. Oh, cool. What do you, what do you think? I'm going to go fucking play the thing? Is that what you think? Your fucking little email is going to incite some gameplay? Some five-star reviews on the fucking app store? Crazy. Our company develops computer games. And we've recently released our new PC game. Okay. What does that have to do with my channel? My content? Who I am as a person? I don't play anything on a computer. Never have. What, Pogo.com? Is that still a thing? Little word womp? But that's it. Freegames.com But I, I certainly didn't download Sims 3. On my laptop. Okay? But sure. You're offering up some cash. And you'd like me to mention anything about your. Products. Your items. I'll gladly do it. But if you think I want your product or item. And I'm going to review it somehow that way. And then tell everybody how fucking great it is. You got the wrong guy. But this has been free water. Goodbye. When I am dead and have passed on to the next world, I want you to kiss my hairy buttocks!